Hey everybody, welcome back to the Keeping It Real podcast. I'm so glad to have you join, as always. It's an honor. I wanted to share something a little different. I had something totally different I wanted to share this week. And and as I sat down yesterday to do this podcast, God said, No, I don't want you to share that. I want you to share this. And it, it really spoke to my heart. And I'm so glad God shared this with me. And I want to share it with you. And I hope it's an encouragement. The topic of this podcast is how to have an effective ministry. We all want to have an effective ministry. We all want to be effective for God. And God showed me the things that you can do to accomplish an effective ministry for Him, for His glory. I want to call this, it's, it's a sequel to the last episode, which was called By Means of What? So, we have covered the fact that we can minister just about, in just about any way. But can I tell you that there is a difference between a good thing and a God thing? In that, I mean, we can do good things all day long and call it ministry. But is it God-ordained and is, it, is God receiving the glory? Has God anointed you to do it? In Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Greg Steyer writes an article on the ChristianPost.com that states that right now there are 300,000 Protestant churches in America just do the division. 300,000 divided by 50 states, and that's an average of 6,000 churches per state. But let me ask this question. How many of those churches are effective in actively working under God's direction and anointing? To have an effective ministry, what it looks like, you must have, whatever it looks like, you must have four things. You must be appointed by God. You must be anointed by God. You must be actively seeking God. And God can be the only one who receives all the glory for it. The first point, as well as second, I'm going to tie in together. You must be appointed and anointed by God. Let's take a look at David's life. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 through 12. It says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab. And let me pause here a second. Let me give you some some recap here of what's going on. Set the stage a little bit. So Saul was the king and he was rejected by God. And God was looking for, was speaking through Samuel and telling him to anoint a new king in place of Saul. And so here we have Samuel looking for a new king 
in which God was going to show you who or show him who that was. So there was a man named Jesse that had a lot of sons and God said that he was going to anoint one of his sons. So here we are. Let's continue. It says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse took his son Abinadab to step forward, or told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shema. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. Even though David was the least of his brothers and counted out, God had his eyes on David and appointed him because he had a plan for him to be anointed to be the king of Israel. David didn't just say, well, I think I want to be, I think it would be good for me to be king of Israel one day. You know, I think I, I think I'm pretty, uh, pretty anointed for this. No, no, God's seen, God seen what he will become and what he can do in the future. He said, I'm choosing him and appointing him and anointing him. At the end of that verse, as I said, it says, this is the one, anoint him. If you continue reading, it says in, in verse 13, So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Let's, let's move to Acts chapter 9. You, you probably have heard the story of Paul before, formerly known as Saul. He was persecuted excuse me, he persecuted the church and was on the way to continue this persecution and God shone a bright light on him on the way to Damascus, blinding him and changing his life completely, showing him he was wrong and needed to change. If you move to Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 22, it's kind of a long passage of scripture. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 22, it says, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he said. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. 
But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. We see God appointing Paul, known at this moment as Saul. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Make a mental note of that. We will come back and cover that. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked, And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Again, We see the same thing as David. Saul is chosen by God, who's seen his heart and his purpose for God's glory and appointed Saul and anointed him with his Holy Spirit. I won't get into it, but we see the same thing with the disciples, with Jesus. He chose them one by one. Peter, James, John, Andrew, all of them. And in Acts chapter 2, filled them with his Holy Spirit, anointing them for his glory and purpose. And a side note, that mental note I told you to take about where God said he, he will show him how much he will suffer for his name's sake. God's gift of salvation is free. It's a free gift. It costs God everything and us nothing. But to be appointed and anointed by God to be effective for his ministry is costly. Salvation is free. Anointing is costly. You might have to go through some things. You might have to learn to have complete trust in God. It will cost you some things. I guarantee that. It might cost some friends, some family, some positions, some relationships. It could cost you some stuff. It might cost you some things you have been hanging on to, but I'm telling you, there is nothing like having God's anointing on your life and ministry He has given you. So that brings me to the third point. You must be actively seeking God daily. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Psalms 119, 9-16 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. 
I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. You've heard that old cliche. Practice what you preach. How can we minister, teach people about God, preach, and other things if we don't even digest his word and seek him daily for ourselves? Boy, am I guilty, and I will be the first to, to say that. You can expect to add you can't expect to add unto the church daily if you're not willing to pray and seek his face and get into his word daily. Because then it turns into something else. It turns into a checklist for the week rather than an opportunity to have an encounter with God. So so we got to be actively seeking him daily. And my last point very very important. God can be the only one who receives all the glory for it. If it ever becomes about anything else but God, we've missed it. If God isn't the ultimate focus and one receiving glory, we need to shut it down and go home. Because then it becomes about us. Listen to this and remember this. God did not call us for self-preservation. God called us for his name and glory to receive elevation. I'll say that again. God did not call us for self-preservation. God called us for his name and glory to receive elevation. At the end of that Isaiah 61 passage, it said that he may be glorified. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 10, Paul says this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was called up to the third, third heaven 14 years ago, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body, but I do know that I was called up to paradise and heard things so astounding that I cannot be that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Paul, who used to be Saul, had seen miraculous things, incredible visions, revelations from God, and basically said, Man, I could, I could brag about these things. I could boast. He struggled with wanting to brag and make it about himself. And said, if he wanted to, he sure would be able. But Paul said, you know what? It's worthless to do that. I'll continue to share these miraculous things and visions and revelations God's given me. But the only things I'll brag about is my weaknesses. So that Christ can be glorified and honored. 
The Bible says in James 4, verses 6 through 7, And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Galatians 6, chapter 14 says, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. Philippians 2, verse 5 through 11 says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. So there you have it. How do you have an effective ministry? You must, you must be appointed by God. You must be anointed by God. You must be actively seeking God daily. And God can be the only one who receives all the glory for it. I'm preaching to myself here, if anyone. I've struggled in some of these areas. And God's had to humble me. And he's had to show me that I can't do this without him. You can't do this without him. So let's evaluate ministry today. Whether you feel God is calling you into ministry or you're already in ministry, has it been effective? If Ask yourself these four things and evaluate. Which of these is missing? And if one is missing, then the ministry you're involved in is not going to be completely effective. Let's strive to be effective for God. I want to end by speaking this overview that Paul spoke in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9-12. through 12. Paul said, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened, in, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. God, I thank you. Thank you for all those who are listening. Thank you, God for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you, God, for humbling me. Thank you for coming and teaching me and teaching me how I can be effective for you, Lord. And I pray that you would help me to be effective for you. Let this word sink down in my heart, God, so that I can lead by example. And God, I pray that it would sink down in everyone's heart that's listening. Fill us with your spirit, God. Fill us with your anointing. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. You would help us, God, just to seek your face daily and have an effective ministry for you. Be with us today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, guys, I hope you have a blessed week this week. I hope this podcast was encouraging to you, and I hope that it sinks down in your heart. Let's evaluate today. Let's check out these four things. Appointing, anointing, seeking God daily, and giving God all the glory. Hope to talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in, and let's keep it real.